So lots of internet facts about this one, but we're going to spend a little time on Andre the Giant. First off, if you haven't seen it yet, there is a recent HBO documentary about Andre the Giant that is incredible. It's about an hour and a half, two hours long, tells a lot of the story about him. They interview a lot of the people that worked with him, uh, Hulk Hogan and some of those guys. The stories about him are true. The story that he drank an entire case of wine. Yes, an entire case of wine on a flight back from Japan are true. He would, we were talking about the size of his hand. He, there's an infamous picture. If you just type in Andre the Giant beer can, his hand was bigger than the beer can. Uh, it would completely engulf it. Another thing about him, uh, during the filming of some scenes, the weather became markedly cold for Robin Wright. So on the, Under the Giant would help her by placing his hand over her head. His hands were so large that they entirely covered the top of her head and kept her warm. Another thing about him, when asked about his favorite thing about making the film, he said, without skipping a beat, nobody looked at me. He felt treated as an equal without people staring at him because of his great, his, how big he was. Uh, despite the care, you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but despite his character physics, almost superhuman strength, Andre the Giant's back problems at the time were so bad, they prevented him from actually lifting he anything heavy. You can see as the scene where they're jumping out of the window down to the horses, Robin Wright is attached to wires the whole way down uh, because he couldn't actually catch her. He couldn't hold her up, which is kind of, is, is really sad. Uh, you were talking about some of the, castings what ifs the the potential castings liam neeson revealed to the graham norton show that he auditioned for fezzik and rob reiner just laughed when he said he was only six foot four and then also kareem abdul abdul jabbar was offered the role of fezzik but was and it was interested but he was unable to do it because he was playing nba games at the time and he couldn't get the schedule set up so that's some of the things on Andre the Giant. I need to look up the name of that documentary. I think it's just called Andre, but it's really, really, really good. I highly recommend it. <coughs> Excuse me. I thought Next. I saw it on a streaming service, but I might be wrong. Uh, it's just called Andre the Giant. It might be on like Amazon Prime or something like that. That's what I'm saying. Like it might be on one of those streaming services for free, actually. I might have just I thought, cause I saw it on big... HBO with Prime Video channels, but yeah, it might be on. HBO too. I, I had a free HBO weekend, so I taped it. Oh. But man, is it good. It's a lot about how the people that really, really liked him. There is some stuff. They interview Carrie Elways. They interview Robin Wright. They interview Rob Reiner. They interview Billy the Chris, Billy Crystal. They talk about him. Um, they talk to Schwarzenegger. They talk to Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Jesse Ventura, uh, Ric Flair. They talk to a bunch about him. Hulk Hogan, uh, there's a lot of stuff they talk to him about. That was really, really interesting. He had a lot of, because he was just up and coming at the time, and Andre the Giant was like the king, and he just he set the line for everything. And they were talking about the infamous match with in uh, WrestleMania three and how it was going to go, and Andre the Giant was like, "Don't bother me, I'll take care of it." And it, it just it was really, really good. So I highly recommend it. Very interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, a couple other things. Mandy Patinkin said the role of Enigma Montoya is his personal favorite role over the course of his entire career, obviously. In a 2012 interview in New York Magazine, Mandy Patinkin said the most famous line from The Princess Ride, the hello, my name is Enigma Montoya, 
gets quoted back to him at least two to three times per day by strangers every day of his life. He told the interviewer that he loves hearing the line, and he also loves the general fact that he got to be in the movie. So if you ever see Mandy Patinkin on the street, go ahead and say it. This I found interesting. There really was a Dread Pirate Roberts. His name was Bartholomew Roberts, also known as Black Bart, who operated in the Caribbean in the early 18th century. He is reckoned by many to have been the most successful pirate of all time. And the last thing, the fights were choreographed by the legend Bob Anderson, who also choreographed Star Wars. Anderson was taught to fence by the great Akos Modavani, the last man in Europe to preside a saber duel. So that's all that I have. Thoughts on the, or uh, facts from the movie or internet facts. Do you have any that I did not get? Um, Rum Wright stated in one interview she had a huge crush on Wesley and thought they were going to get married by the time the filming was over. But professional one at the end. But I guess they asked for a bunch of retakes for the last kiss. Because I just wanted to suck some more face. Well, then she ended up with uh, Sean Penn not long after that. Yeah, I don't know how that got. That's what it was. Um, Mark Knopp, what's his name? Guy from Dire Straits. He wrote the music for uh, Princess Bride. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Knopp Fleur or something like that. Okay, here you go. One of the R.O.U.S.'s, that's the Rodents of Uner's usual size, actors, because they were actors that were inside the Rodents. Okay. Got into a fight with his wife and burned down the kennel they owned. So the film crew bailed him out of jail so he could film the fire swamp scene. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The fire swamp scene where Wesley dives in, he, he actually was the one that said he should dive in. But how they did that, there were tra- I guess there were trap doors down there. It looks like really weird. I don't even know like how it works. I like wondered that actually after. I think it was a while back. I was watching. I watched them dive in. I'm like, I wonder how they did that, like with the sand on top. I was just curious. Apparently, it was a trap door. Found that out. Gotcha. Um, neither uh, Patinkin, Patinkin, Mandy Patinkin, yeah, and Carrie Elwes um, had like pretty much any fencing experience they spent like literally months of training to perfect it you know obviously they did it left and right-handed like there's no like other people it's them doing the whole fight there's no like other stunt people in it other than i'm assuming when they jump and he does the little like gymnast flip which he also lands far away from his sword and then when they cut back to him he's right next to his sword (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is also something that I notice every single time ago. He did not land that close to a sword. <laughs> we were talking about Andre. Three bottles of cognac and 12 bottles of wine reportedly made him just a little tipsy <laughs> when the class would go out for dinner. That sounds about right. 12 bottles of wine, <laughs> three bottles of cognac. He ordered four appetizers and five entrees. <laughs> Drink out of 40 ounce beer pitchers filled with mix of liquors. With a different mix of elixirs, a concoction he called the American. Dude loved to party. He loves to party. Nah, that's, I think that might be all the facts I got, though. More, more partying stuff. Lots more partying stuff about him. Yeah, that's all I really had. Whatever you hear, the stories are yeah, true. Pretty much. <laughs> that's essentially what it boils down to. Okay, so let's do 
we're, we'll we'll touch on the on the remake. I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. Okay, so we we don't want it remade. Oh, but let's no, say no. theoretically they do. We we got a couple characters, and I actually came up with a couple here in the last couple minutes. I threw some together. Why don't you start, and then I will have suggestions if I have like, them. How's okay, that? I can do that. I'll I'll say a character and give mine, and you can agree or talk somebody else out there. Um, okay. But yes, we do agree that I don't want them to touch the movie. That's correct. All right. Wesley. I had Richard Baden, and he was one of the Stark brothers that got killed at the Red Wedding. If you haven't skipped the throne, if you haven't seen James the Throne, guess what? Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. But he's also he's also in like something like The Bodyguard or something like that, like a TV show, maybe one of those type things. You said Richard yeah. Madden. Here, this is what he looks like. Eh, okay, Figured. I don't hate there's, it. There's I mean, the other guy uh, I had down first was Dan Stevens. The only thing that I had seen him in was. I looked him up and he was in Downtown Abbey, and I've never seen an episode of Downtown Abbey, so I couldn't tell you anything about him there. Oh, you know what he's in? I can tell you, he's in Night at the Night, Night at the Smithsonian. I, I knew that, but the other one was uh, I that Beauty and the Beast movie. But you you really don't even see him till the end because he's a beast. Yeah, you can't really yeah. tell it's him the whole time. I actually have one that's a little bit younger. We we talked about him a couple episodes back. Lucas Till. He's the new MacGyver. He kind of fits the spot. He's He can be smart. He can be not super funny, but kind of funny. Um, Lucas Till. T-I-L-L. Um, He's a little bit younger than those guys. So that's who I, I kind of I fell see, on. I see who you're saying. I know you're talking about. He's in the X-Men movies. Correct. He was Havoc in the X-Men movies. Again, this is why it shouldn't be remade. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, he just to. doesn't seem, he doesn't seem like suave. Like Wesley has to be kind of like. Dan Stevens would be good, but he's almost forty, and that makes it a little tough. That's the only problem. Uh, I, you know, I, I had a handful of people that I thought about. I even thought about. Um, I didn't want someone huge though, because you wouldn't whoever the big actor was to look really big. But I'd, I'd pick somebody. Somebody else too, but I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head right now. That's right. Let's move on to the next character. Butter cup, and I put down Emma Watson, or I don't know her name. I don't know how really. It's Zen Zendaya or something like that. Oh, Zendaya. And yeah. I thought about her. Maybe girl from Spider Man. Yeah, from Spider Man. So I have one more. I'm going to throw at you. You can look her up. Her name's Hunter King. She was in this TV show called Life in Pieces that was really funny. That uh, just it's they just had their fourth and final episode this summer. She's a looker. She's pretty funny in the show too. She plays a ditz, but she's she's actually pretty funny. But she is she's quite a looker. I think she'd be a good fit for it. And she's again, I knew she was younger. That's why I kind of picked her. Yeah, I'm looking at her right now. Twenty six. Little younger. No, and and. It it should be someone younger, but like we said, we never can pick people out that are younger. Or yeah, yeah, because we don't know. Any. I always go to TV shows when it comes to younger people because they're the only ones I know that I'll watch because they're younger in it. 
Wow, she's been in Young and the Restless for seven years. I didn't know she was on the Young and the Restless. Oh, okay, good for her. All right, uh, next. I have Indigo. I first went with Oscar Isaac. Okay. Thought that, thought that Not he bad. Knew. But then I also thought about Diego Luna. I know that. He was in the Terminal. He was in the He's in Rogue Star Wars One. Rogue One. Yeah. He was like the the main like allied bad guy that she like fought with. I see. Yeah. He kind of has that. Like he looks like he could totally be. He definitely looks the part more Diego Luna than Oscar Isaac. But I think Oscar Isaac. I think either of them could do it. But after I said Oscar, Oscar Isaac, I was like, this Diego Luna guy, I don't know. He's a little more like wiry and he just kind of has that look, Spaniard look to him almost. He's Whitey. It seems like he's a pretty good actor. If, too. He, if he didn't have the Spaniard look, you could throw a Statham in there and have him just beating up people left and right. He's but too old. I think that, that goes in the wrong direction of the movie. And he is too old. He's like 50. Yeah, because we figured he was, this guy's supposed to probably be. 35, so he's around our age. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Because he's been practicing for 20 years, and he, what, the guy got him when he was a teenager? 10, 15, somewhere in there, yeah. Vicini, and this one was, this one was the tough one for me. I almost was like, get, get, maybe get Danny DeVito and give him a shot. <laughs> you could always run back, um, Wallace Shawn, yeah. too. He's on Young Sheldon. He's on that I, show. I, so he's I still don't. Around. I don't want to acting. do the same because that, that's the same thing I thought for like Miracle Max. So if you could actually use him being old now, you know, just to change him a little yep. bit. But I was like, at the same time, I was like, you. I don't want a character from the former movie playing the same character. I wouldn't mind them playing a different character, like getting maybe Billy Crystal to be the grandpa. Billy Crystal, the grandpa, would yeah. be kind of fun. I was like, because that was. I just came in my head right now. That was just more what I thought about having him doing something else. But I was also like, I was like, oh, yeah, he could be like the grandpa. But I was more thinking it's for the grandpa. I was thinking more like a Bill Murray or like have, or like, have uh, Ben Savage like play Jeff, Jeff Bridges or something like that. You know, we'll go we'll go full circle. We'll have Ben Savage play Wesley. I don't think he could do it. <laughs> no, I don't think he'd do it. Either. No. Sorry. He's Fred Savage. Ben yeah, maybe brother. For, Fred uh, Savage. Um, Vicini. I, I, I mean, I, no. I, was, I was like really no. just spitting tons of names. I was like, our right, Danny Vito. I'm like, if people decide he's too old, I was like, but I was like, I feel like you want someone that's a little bit older. If you have Danny maybe Vito, this like, now becomes an R-rated movie. Steve Buscemi, maybe. Yeah. Again, this is why we're not going to remake this movie. It's just too hard. I know. I don't. I don't have any other other uh, than I agreed with you on the Fezzik. Fezzik yeah, but his name and is Paul it. Wright, aka the Big Show. It's like I, yep. would say, I think one you just think of immediately is the Rock, and I was like, you just have to find a way to make him look bigger. Yeah, you have to make him look like seven foot like one six, or seven foot five. Six three. You need him to, to be. <laughs> needs to look huge. What about uh, what about Shaq? He might be. He might. He might be just <laughs> as bad as him. He might not be able to carry anybody on his back. That's true. Shaq, maybe. You, somebody big like that, though, for sure. Um, Shaq Fu. Count, Count Rugun. I uh, put Christopher Waltz. Christoph Waltz, I mean, sorry. Christoph Waltz would be tremendous it, in that As spot. soon as I came across, I was scrolling through names, as soon as I came across, I was just like, that just, that's, that's his role. You know, like, 
yeah, that type of character. I, I, I don't like any other anybody else in the remake except for that. That one I'm I'm down on. And Humperdinck, I put down. I don't even know if I can. Nikolai Costner Wadu. I can tell you this: he plays Jamie Lannister in. Oh, I know he is. Yeah, Games of Thrones. Yeah, and he's he's really good. And he's no, just, he would work well. He's just you know a good Lincoln guy that can be cocky like that. Yep. Uh, if you've we talked about this when we did. Forty Old Virgin with Nave. He was in that movie, The Other Woman, and he's got like four girlfriends, and he plays that part perfectly. He could be that kind of cocky, arrogant, good-looking prick guy. Yeah, I was happy with him. Um, Miracle Max, I thought maybe like a Steve Carell type character. You know, like I said, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to touch that really either because. You could go if you. I feel like if you remake this. Maybe you remake it a PG thirteen. You know. I think you almost have to go R you can make anymore. It a darker version, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but if you do, it's never going to sell. Oh, you like you like this one, Ed? The albino. <laughs> I like him. Mm-hmm. And I put down Kyle Gas. Kyle Gas would work there. Valerie Miracle Max's wife. I said like maybe like Amy Poehler. Definitely. Um. I didn't pick a booing woman, though. Just so you know. You didn't pick a booing woman? I did not pick a booing woman, but I picked an impressive impressive clergyman. Okay. And I was stuck between Sasha Baron Conan or Thomas Lennon. uh, Sasha Baron Conan would be funny. I think Sasha Baron Conan could do something very similar to that, but Thomas Lennon could kind of make it if you were to go hardcore (laughs) comedy. Yeah, it depends on which way you go with it. But yeah, that's all the people that I went down through. Okay. But yeah, I concur. I don't think they should touch it. Any more thoughts on the movie before we move on? I say it's one of those one. It's definitely one hundred percent rewatchable. I can watch it. I could watch it once a week and not get sick of it. I'd say almost a perfect movie. It's pretty yeah. close. It's pretty close. As we said, it touches in multiple different areas. And it's it doesn't fit into one nice category. It fits into multiple, multiple, multiple categories, which is kind of what makes it so good. So our next movie is probably going to be a Christmas movie because by the time we get it out, it's going to be getting closer and closer to Christmas time. So actually, it probably will be Christmas time. So I'm not sure which one. It might be Home Alone. It might be Bad Santa. We'll have to see. But... Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Like us on Facebook, the Instagram, Mike. Uh, it's Worth underscore Watch underscore uh, PC. I don't, I don't think there's anywhere else you can follow us. Please, if you go if where wherever you listen to us, please give us a rating because it helps. Uh, it helps other people find us. And make sure you tell your friends and your family about it. About how much you hate us or how much you like us. Other than that, um, thanks. We'll catch you next time. Sounds good.
Yo. All right, so let's get into the scenes. There's a lot of good ones. Would you like to go first or second? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I actually picked out my individual favorite one. So You have individual? I made, I, I made a list of scenes. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about it and thought about it. And really, I do have it's, – it's kind of a collection scene. I'll call it like a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter because there's a lot going on. But um, I'll start and then you name off the other ones in, in case I, I steal one of yours. But mine is from the time that Inigo throws the rope down to Wesley through the fight scene with Fezzik. I don't that, know why, especially the fight scene with Inigo is well, so Well, I, 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 I so definitely have that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's classic. It is. It's classic. There's a ton of good lines in it. Um, we'll get in. I literally we'll, just we'll touch used... on lines in a little bit. So a line this weekend at my brother's with the sword fighting, he was playing Wii doing like the dueling with his daughter, Olivia. And I just started yelling, you're using Kepafaz defense against me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> just, just the first the thing pops in my head. It's just what always happens. Stuff like that. Did he get the joke? Oh, of course he got it. Everybody in my family got it. Okay. Except for maybe my mom. Okay. <laughs> Everyone gets it. Yeah, I can see your mom be like, "Huh?" Yeah, that's uh that's a good one. Uh, my personal favorite line out of that is the, well, there's two of them. One is, "I am not left-handed," because I'll use that at, at random times. And then the other one is, "You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die." Those are both really, really good ones out of that. And then the the conversation with Andre the Giant's pretty funny too. Just because he's Andre the Giant. Uh, what other ones do you have? I definitely have the duel that you were talking about. Uh, I also like when he's saying, when he's when, when you're talking about he's letting him up the rope, he's just like, you know, I do have some rope up here, but I don't think of you to step on my help since I'm just waiting around to kill you. <laughs> he's like, that does put a damper on, put a damp on <laughs> our relationship. <laughs> he's just like, you're just going to have to wait. He's like, I hate waiting. <laughs> I say that all the time to him. I just go, I hate waiting. And then the battle, I also have uh, the battle with Fezzik. I labeled it Dream of Large Women. He's just like, I do not envy the headache you will have when you awake. But for now, rest well and dream of large women. But I just like when the whole little fight was just like, why are you wearing a mask? Were you burnt by acid or something? Yeah, that's, that's again, everything he says just like, is just too funny. Look, are you fiddling around with me or what? I just want to feel that you're doing well. I hate for people to die embarrassed. His, his delivery is Tremendous. so good, even though... It is at times a little bit hard to understand exactly what he's saying. But yeah, like going straight to the battle, you know, of wits where just like the city's just like, he goes on those rants like, you only think I guess wrong. That's what's funny. <laughs> Everything that he does there is, it's just so, it's so good. I can just, the, the whole like, I could skip the first like five minutes of the movie, five to seven <laughs> minutes of the movie probably, and just watch it straight through, and it's just not boring at all, like the whole way, the rest of the way through. Is this a kissing book? Yeah, I'd say the but first It's like you're getting minutes. the little love story, I, backstory between Wesley and Buttercup, and then you have the grandfather with, like, you know, telling that. But I was like, if you want to get into, like, the funny stuff and the good stuff, the first five minutes, boom, right there. But yeah, Battle of Wits, Dream of Large Women, 
the duel, that whole like scene from right there, even just like, you, you know, he just like, he didn't fall <laughs> inconceivable. Like how many yeah. times <laughs> I've said that in my life, I don't even know. You know, just, I can tell you as you wish, which is one of my lines, but I'll say it now is said seven times, four times by Wesley, three by the grandfather. Inconceivable is said five times in this movie, which feels about right because it, every time he says it, he has a little bit more sort of anger. In Except voice. for the one time, he the only time is when they're actually climbing up the rope and he's just like, he's climbing and he's getting on us. He just goes, inconceivable. Just like, like the confusing inconceivable. But I just said the whole Miracle Max scene as well. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Just that, you know, they're asking if he's a miracle match. He's like, the king's thinking son fired me, but thanks so much for bringing it up, such a painful subject. While you're at it, why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour the lemon juice on it? Just like... <laughs> Again, Billy Crystal uh, firing at a I would love to see the outtakes, because apparently there's just everything, all the, all the good stuff got cut, because they were trying to make it. Well, you got to think 30 hours of taping. Yeah. Ten hours a day for three days. Three times with him. Yeah, and Billy Crystal just riffing nonstop. Because yeah, the outtakes have been great. Watching their reactions, probably Carrie always just laughing on the table all the time. Probably kept ruining everything. Because at least you could have Andre the Giant and uh, Mandy Patinkin like out of the shot, but Carrie always is laying right on the table. You can't hide him. No, I know what you mean. That scene though, I have it rolling to like where they're overlooking the castle and they're like giving Wesley the the magic pill and he's like waking up like that little just part there just like just like the stuff that Andre the Giant just says to him just just like you wiggled your thumb or your fingers like that he's yeah. like you just shook your head aren't you happy yeah. shouldn't you be happy and whenever sometimes his head Wesley's head keeps falling down you just see the mass of how massive his hand is just like on top of his head like yeah his head back up I have I have things about Andre the Giant in uh, uh in cool. facts later we'll talk and about then just him. the last scene that I have is just I have it labeled to the pain and just that little like scene at the very end where he's laying there and, she, and, and she's about to kill herself. And he goes, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a pity to damage yours. And then she, yes. And when she runs uh, over, starts hugging him and she's just like, why won't you hold me? He's just like, gently, dear, gently, gently. Yes. <laughs> I said <laughs> that so many times too. And uh, I have to give a shout out to Carrie Elways for, and I think you sent me the the screenshot of it, but they had said they there was a tweet that said considering remaking The Princess Bride, and all he put was there's a shortage of perfect movies in this world. Be a pity to ruin yours, or pity to ruin this one. Like just kind of took that line and spun it right back, being like, don't even, don't even think about it. Don't even touch it. Pretty much is what he was, he was saying. Don't yeah. even touch it. And I just. I, that little line, his little his little badgering on with um, Humperdinck there, just like to the death. He's like, no, to the pain. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm familiar with that phrase. <laughs> He's like, I'll explain it, and I'll use words that you'll be sure to understand. I just love that. I always use the line, "You warthog-faced buffoon," <laughs> or the one when he, at the very end. He's like, "It's possible, pig. That could be buffing." I say it's possible, pig, an awful lot, but. Uh, those are my those are my movie scenes that I. It's Good. pretty much the entire movie that we just said. <laughs> An hour of the hour oh, and a half that's, movie. That's, 
Yes, we, uh, we we tried to. I said to my to you before this, like keep it to five quotes, so we're not just doing quotes the entire time. But all right, I wanted, so I best include line. some that aren't the, just the obvious. The yes, yes, some of the some of the, and we can talk is when we get into thoughts on the movie. I think we should discuss some of the small things in this movie that make you laugh too, because I have at least one or two that that made me laugh pretty hard. But okay, so best lines as you wish is one I use all the time. Instead of just saying, sure, I can do that or whatever, I'll just say it as you wish. I say it at work. I say it I, everywhere. So I concur. Uh, I like to use the... Anybody want to be that? Because, again, Andre the Giant's delivery is so good. And if there's, you know, peanut M&Ms or a handful of peanuts or a Snickers bar or whatever, I'll just I'll always will use that. I actually bought my sister a onesie for her son that said, anybody want a peanut on it? Good one. So that's... That's a must uh, line. We already said inconceivable. I already said the I am not left-handed because I use my left hand for a lot of stuff. I use it for my mouse. I use it for I eat left-handed. I just kind of started doing it when I was younger, and I just keep doing it now. So someone the other day saw me using my mouse like a couple weeks ago. I'm like, oh, are you left-handed? I said, I am not left-handed. Like I said it that way. They didn't get it. The last one I have is one of those underrated ones that really makes me laugh. And I know you'll love this one. It's towards the end where Buttercup says to the whoever the old guy is, the king, I guess, says, because after this, I'm going to be killing myself. And he goes, won't that be nice? And just like, walks away with it. She kisses him. She's like, what's that for? He's just like, you've always been so kind to me. And once we get back to the honeymoon, and he's, you know, she's like, and I won't see you again since when I get back to the honeymoon suite. I'm going to kill myself. And she's, she's just like, oh, won't that be nice? And he's like, she kissed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you've used this. She kissed me a couple times. I've heard you say that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I've used about a thousand. But to go with that inconceivable one, I always add the. Uh, you keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. So that's the five I picked. I have one more chambered if you don't, if you don't say it, but I'm going to guess you do. Um, I, I got to say. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Use that every. I think every wedding I go to, right when the guy's up there, I just say it out loud to myself. I'm just like, marriage. It, it's a given. It's a given. That and uh, as we did, uh, Spaceballs. Hey, I bet. <laughs> hey, I bet. Which isn't actually from Spaceballs, but yeah. One of my favorite lines from Wesley is... Wesley, what about the R.U.S.'s? Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. I just like when when he's when Count Rugen's asking Prince Humperdinck to come down to the the pit of despair, and he's like, "So you're gonna come down?" He's like, "Wesley's got his strength." He's like, "Tyrone, you know how much I love watching you work, but I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to blame for it. I'm swamped." Well, again, that guy's so good; his delivery is so perfect on that line. I'm curious to know what this other quote is that you have. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, that's, that was, that was number one on my list. I, just, I rolled past yeah. it already. <laughs> yeah. And somehow we, we haven't discussed I, it. I have a t-shirt tag that says, hello, my name is, and then it says Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. That's for my... Actually... It had to be said. I was going to say it if you hadn't. So I'm glad you brought that up. Your brother got you that shirt, right? That was a gift from my brother, yes. 
Shout out to Pat Kennedy for the record. Uh, we wish you could be here, but you're probably asleep already. Uh, any other quotes before we move on? I'm sure, you know, I'll have, I always just like, you know, you know, I could go Miracle Max all day, just like, you know, mostly dead. The MLT? <laughs> the, yeah, mutton, lettuce, and tomato. Um, you got, you could even just say, you know, where he's just like, to blave, and we all know to blave means to bluff. <laughs> all right, let's get favorite character characters then. I'll let you, I'll let you start. This I did, I did. Good guy, Fezzik, bad guy, Vicini. I just had Fezzik and Inigo because I just, they're, they're, they're both great themselves, but also their back and forth is maybe even better. So I kind of ended up picking, I couldn't pick between the two. Fezzik was my 1A and Inigo was my 1B. As much as I hate him, you know, Humperdinck was pretty well, good I, too. I, I, go, I, I want to make sure, you know, I'm not taking anything away from any of the other people. They all were perfectly cast pretty much, I think. You know, you, I, like I said, when we talk about the recast, you, we, I assumed we were doing it. You assumed we weren't doing it, even though in my because we both knew that there should this movie should not be remade. But I was like, we didn't Correct. really discuss if we were going to do it or not. So I was just like, well, I'll just do it anyways. And it, I tell you what, it was hard. It was really hard. I was like, there's some there's uh, there's so many that I'm like not happy with that I'm just like I'm not even happy with this one. I'm just putting this person down because I don't know what I'm. Well, I'm on. I'll just start telling you how much I hate it already when when you start naming people off. So, actually, that that's a good transition to our next piece, which is a person that gets a significant amount of credit for making this movie this good, which is the director Rob Reiner. As we were talking about early on, when in this, that they had a hard time probably selling this movie because there weren't really any big names, and that is a major credit to Rob Reiner and William Goldman and the other producers and directors and and everything that found this talent of these young people early on in their careers that ended up a lot of them going on having some very successful things after this. Now, Billy Crystal was already popular and he came in just to do a three day shoot. Christopher Gast had already done this, a spinal tap. But other than that, none of those names are really any big names. Carrie uh, Elways was a nobody. Robin Wright was a nobody. Wallace Shawn was a nobody. Andre the Giant was Andre the Giant, but I don't even know if that was – the WWF was, like, kind of fresh at the time. So he would might have been a name, but I guess, no, by 89, they were pretty big. But Mandy Patinkin was a nobody, so shout-out to him. He's our top five for this week. Mike, why don't you give me your, your five? All right, my five. Five plus is what we do. In Rob Rambo. Reiner is – I'll start from the bottom because uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. I have A Few Good Men. I put a movie that he was in, Wolf of Wall Street. Then I have Stand By Me, and then I have The Princess Bride. I forgot Wolf of Wall Street. He's great yeah. in that. He's a small role, but he is really good in that. He's got a small, small, smaller part, you know, but he's good. And the good movie is really good, too. Oh, yeah. Very underrated movie. Someday we're going to do one of these DiCaprio movies, and we're going to spend a significant amount of time talking about how The Revenant was like his fifteenth best movie, maybe twenty fifth best movie. He's he's been he's had a really good career, and Wolf of Wall Street was one of his maybe six best performances. Although it's kind of hard to pick, but so for Rob That's Reiner, right. I had uh, my my honorable mention Bruce was Dickinson. the American President, exactly. <laughs> 
But the honorable mention I had the American president, which actually, actually is I think an underrated. It's movie. It's, it's it's pretty good. I, I agree that that was on my honorable mention. Well, my other honorable mention was Misery. Yeah, but Misery is one of those movies that like I don't know if it holds up as well because it's slow, but it's also terrifying. So um, it, yeah. it's really good. It's just it's just it it's a lot slower than you would expect in 2019. Uh, I had number five, The Bucket List. I watched it. I liked it. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it still was kind of entertaining. Number four, I had Stand By Me, which was like his first movie that he directed. And then three, two, one went A Few Good Men, This Is Spinal Tap, and Princess Bride. But you could probably interchange those depending on what mood I'm in that day. I know you said you haven't seen Sp- Spinal Tap in a long time. That is worth rewatching. It is insanely funny. Christopher Guest is so fucking good in that. I mean, it's a lot more than just the take it to 11 scene, which has become so infamous. But if you just watch that scene and watch him, he's so good because every single one of them keeps such a good straight face. And a very underrated part of that movie is Fran Drescher plays their manager, and she's really good being a complete asshole to them. It's, it's awesome. Fran, Fran so, Drescher okay. with that voice. I know it's so recognizable, but she, uh, she, it's before the nanny, but she's, she's funny, but she plays it off really well as playing the straight in that. All right. So thoughts on the movie, a couple things that I, I, I jotted down. Number one, the creepy old lady yelling boo that's in her bad dream. Do you think she's the same creepy old lady from army of darkness? I don't know. I I think it didn't freak me as much because I watched this movie younger than I watched Army of Darkness. So that lady in, in Army of Darkness didn't really freak me out as much. But this lady, I remember like I probably I probably had dreams about this old lady booing. Yeah, probably. But I think she's the same one. I I have not looked that up, and I I might do that during the next break. But I uh, I'm very curious to see because she does look a lot like that one. And then uh, one of the quotes or scenes or whatever you want to say that made me laugh really hard rewatching it is the albino. The first time he's like kind of dressing his wound and he goes to say, where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think. (coughs) Don't even think about trying to escape. That was one of those things that they wrote it in. And it was so well done. It, it had to be written in that way. It had to be discussed that way. The guy had to be able to do his voice that way. It's never kind of referenced that again. I just thought it was really, really funny the way they did that. Because it was like, oh, he's going to be this creepy guy. And it turns out he just has a normal voice. I thought that was really good. What other, like, I'm going to try and think of some more while, while you go through it. But like, kind of like small scenes or small sections that maybe were like funny or entertaining that didn't get as much attention as some of the other ones that normally do. Oh, I'll think. I'll think of one while you're, while you're talking. The uh, after they wheel Andre the Giant in in the Holocaust cloak, he said they asked the guy for the gate key. Give us the gate key. I have no gate key. Basic. Thirty times off. Oh, you mean this gate key? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does it very nonchalantly. I was like to whenever they're up there, and he goes, you know, what I wouldn't give for a wheelbarrow if we just had a wheelbarrow or something like that. And he's just like. I was like, what happened to the wheelbarrow the albino had? He goes, put it on the albino. Put it over the albino or something like that. <laughs> and then they're like talking about the Holocaust, 
close and he just like happens just like pulled out. It's just like Michael Max said it fit me so well that I could keep it. <laughs> just like I'm just the nicest person. People just give me shit. You know, just like yeah. Yeah, like Michael Max is just like he's like Peter, I'll call the brute squad. I'm on the brute squad. You are the brute squad. <laughs> Any more you, you can think of. They're just you know, just uh, one scene that I think is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why I always think it cracks me up. It makes me hungry, actually, too. Is whenever Physic is nursing Inigo back to health, when he's like all wasted and he's like eating, make it, it reminds me of, like beef stew. He's feeding him, but he's just like dunking his head <laughs> in the water, <laughs> like, over, like it looks like from like hot to cold water or something like that to like sober him up. And it's just, just probably like ice cold water to warm water or something. Uh, that or just you know. When he's like screaming, he's like, Physic, I need you. And he walks over and just knocks the door down. Yeah. He's like, Thank you. <laughs> just like, somebody just like, there's so much just, just half the stuff that the city says is just, when he's just like, Never start a land war in Asia. <laughs> just like, Yeah. He just keeps going on, like, You ever heard of Plato, Aristotle? Morons. So, what other thoughts on the movie do you have then? The music they used is like complete mood music. When they want you to like feel stressed, they make it a stressful sound, you know. They're like want it to be happy, and they want it happy, or like something to be like silly. It's like wah wah wah, you know, like almost like <laughs> stuff like that. Almost, it's there's no like words in it or anything like that. Little tongue in cheek. Yeah, almost. it. I really, I was li- listening to it. And I was like, I really like how they're they're doing this right now. I don't know why I I looked it up, but um, I looked up the taglines for the movie and they're pretty ridiculous. I'll go through it all. Cause one says wizards and I'm like, there we, there, we saw wizards. <laughs> this movie. There were no, I was like, unless you're considering thing. miracle max a wizard, that's the only thing I could think of, but it says heroes, giants, villains, wizards, true love, not just your basic average everyday, ordinary run of the mill, ho-hum fairy tale. Okay. Um, the story of a man and a woman who lived happily ever after, even though the courtship almost killed them. Fair. Scaling the cliffs of insanity, battling ronuts of unusual size, facing torture in the pit of despair, true love has never been a snap. Okay. It's as real as the feelings you feel. That's the tagline. <laughs> uh, I don't think I like that. Well, I was re- reading all of them, it's like, it doesn't sound like a PG movie show you know no it doesn't that's just a, they sounded very confused on how they wanted to market this like you were saying at the beginning like just like reading the taglines they didn't even know yeah they they really didn't know what they were getting but how to sell it other than be like you know this movie's really good just coming also trust us but uh, can't really do machine that. that they hook wesley up to looks like some sort of freaky yeah. ass sex toy <laughs> uh, yeah looks, it's got the suction cups on the it, suction so. cups he's like some like BD, whatever, B- BDSM or whatever. <laughs> nah, I forget what the term Whatever, is. you know, bondage is what the, that kind of torture device looks like. All right, well, let's move on to I know it's a movie, but because I got two of them. Okay. What uh, if we have anything that's the same? All right, so the first one is when they're climbing up the mount, the cliffs, he's like barely moving his arms. It's almost a little too obvious. That he's like just kind of riding an elevator up. He would not be able to move like that. Barely kind of moving his arms. It, it's almost, it, it almost looks too fake. And, then, and I know uh, in this movie too, Under the Giant in general was having really bad back problems. They had to use a stunt double. Yeah, got, they had to use a stunt double during yeah, the fight scene. I've got some stuff on that a little later. 
And the other thing is that mask is not exactly hiding Wesley's face. Would she not recognize his voice or kind of figure out who she's, he is? Pretty she's fast. literally describing his eyes to him while she, you know, and that's like the only part she can see in the mask. Yeah, you would think if his eyes were actually his eye, the way that she describes him, she would have immediately known. I mean, I get it. It's been five years, but he grew that little tiny little blonde ass mustache and puts something that covers his eyes, and you can't tell who he is. And yeah, you're calling him the Sorry. love of your life. You don't recognize his fucking voice or anything. Yeah, I think I think she would have known who he was. I guess she. I guess, she, I guess she assumed he was dead. Yeah, I guess. But... Maybe, and he definitely wasn't that type of person when she left him. So I guess there's all of that. The mannerisms, everything too, like are probably have changed a lot. What ones do you have then? I have when they light the cape on fire, <laughs> and it's like completely engulfed, and he's like still talking. I was like, "There's no way <laughs> he yeah. would still be inside that cape." They needed to find a way to like burn that a little slower or make it so it didn't the whole thing didn't just catch on fire right that was my my main and Andre the giant weighs like 400 pounds he, <coughs> he never would be able to push that and drag carry always too and drag wesley i know that wagon would have collapsed with 400 pounds in it but that's why it's i know it's a movie, I know it's a movie but that's really and with this movie, you got to let a lot the, go. The, I mean, the only thing really, I guess you could say, that is bad about this movie, because I know that the cliffs of insanity were the cliffs of Moore, which are in Ireland, and I've seen in person. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the cliffs of insanity in person. I'd like to think I was right by where the climbing, the climbing took place. I think I was right by where they were climbing. Just like the some of the set stuff, some of them, maybe the clothing looked a little like cheap, you know, and like the boats that they were riding in, you know. Yeah, that I'll, I'll let that. Go, <laughs> that's that's another line. Like, why do you keep what he's like? It's be completely like out of you know, you know, inconceivable that anybody would be able to do that. Like, why do? You, but why do you ask? He's like, every single time I look up or something like that, you know, I see somebody following me, and when they're, they're like, he's like, probably just a fisherman taking a pleasure cruise through eel-infested waters. <laughs> do you have any more? That's all I got. All right, well, let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Wesley! You seem a distant fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem decent, I hate to die. Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. Oh, are you? No one of consequence. I must get used to disappointment. Welcome to Work the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palola. With me, as always, Anega Montoya. No, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Hello Eddie. Uh, this week's episode, The Princess Bride. We've been sitting on this one for a while. I remember the first time you told me about it, and I was completely clueless. We were juniors, maybe sophomores in high school, and you immediately made me watch it that following weekend, and I'm so glad you did. Uh, the movie was released October 9th, 1987, had a budget of $16 million. It only grossed $31 million, though, and did almost nothing internationally. Everything was essentially domestic, so didn't really do well in theaters. Another one 
as I've kind of noticed a lot of the movies we've done recently have been didn't do great in th- theaters, had a long run afterwards, especially on cable. So, Mike, you and I grew up watching these movies on cable, I guess. What would be your guess of the Rotten Tomato score, Mike? Here, I'll give you a hint first. When I said this when we did Saving Private Ryan, I built a, um, a little formula that took the Rotten Tomato score, the audience score, and the IMDb score, and then how much we wanted to do this movie. This movie came out as the third highest rated movie. On Rotten Tomato, you said? Out of, well, between Rotten Tomatoes, audience score, IMDb score, and our rating system. Saving Private Ryan was number one. This movie came out at number three. So what would you guess the critic Rotten Tomato score is? Um, probably pretty high than like in the 90s, 94. 97%. Damn. Yep. This one holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. The audience score? Probably about the same than 97. N- 94. Hmm. And an IMDb score of 8.1 out of 10. So I'd say this was uh, a pretty, pretty solid film. But again, for some reason, just didn't do well in theaters. I, I did a lot of research. Or I got a lot of internet facts, but nothing ever really said one way or the other what caused it. So I, I, we'll go I was with, just going to say that maybe, maybe it just had something to do with, uh, you know, some of the actors that are in it that are the main characters weren't really big actors back then. So it didn't really pop. Okay, yeah, we'll go through the whole list of, of names. You're right. A lot of these people were early on in their career. But I think the other part is, I think this might have been a hard sell. This movie is kind of hard to categorize. It's kind of fantasy, kind of not, kind of romance, kind of comedy, kind of a kid's movie, kind of not. Yeah, it's like kind of action, kind of not. They blended it perfectly across all of it, but it doesn't really fit anywhere. So it ended up being a really great movie, but maybe they just had a hard time marketing it. So let's start with the cast, starting with the director, Rob Reiner. We're going to spend a little time on him a little later. Uh, I rarely do this, but I highlighted the writer of this movie, William Goldman. He wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, All the President's Men, Misery, Maverick, Absolute Power. He's had quite a prolific career. And it's my understanding, I think, he did this movie because his daughters wanted him to do it. I think I read that somewhere. Uh, the opening scene is Fred Savage plays literally titled Grandson. He was in the Wonder Years for a long time. And then he actually had a TV show in maybe the early 2000s called Working that actually was pretty good, but only made like a season or two. But actually pretty funny. Literally titled The Grandfather was Peter Falk. Most notably, he was Columbo. Some of the fantasy characters will say Robin Wright primo Robin Wright as Princess Buttercup Forrest Gump House of Cards Wonder Woman she had a little little time off there after Forrest Gump before she had a big comeback in the last what five six seven years Carrie I'm gonna say Els, but that's probably wrong uh, plays Wesley you probably know him most from Robin Hood Men in Tights he was in the Saw movies, at least a couple of them, and he was in Twister. Christopher Guest plays the infamous Six-Fingered Man. He did This is Spinal Tap, Best in Show. He's in Night at the Museum, Night at the Smithsonian. 
Do you know who he's married to, Mike? I, I do. I'm drawing the blank right now. She was in, um, she was in like all those uh, Halloween movies and stuff. Yep. Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Curtis. Says, so just a blank for some reason. Yeah, they've been married like 35 years. Very happily married, have a couple kids. They're one of the few Hollywood couples that made it, so congrats to them. And he's just straight up hilarious. He plays this. He plays the straight in this movie really well, but even that makes him funny. Uh, next is Mandy Patinkin plays Inigo Montoya. He was on the show Homeland. He was on the show Criminal Minds. He even was in the movie Dick Tracy. I forgot about this. He's the piano player in, Dick, in the Dick Tracy movie, which we're going to do that movie someday. That movie's underrated. I haven't seen that movie in uh, forever. Last, I know, me either. And I loved that movie growing up. I had all the action figures. Yeah, I was a big fan of that movie. The last few I have are Andre the Giant plays Fezzik. I want to get an Andre Giant a little bit more later uh, about the documentary that came out about him. Really, all he did was the WWF. Never really acted in anything else, but he was just the, the stories about him are just beyond incredible. He was in one of those Conan movies. He was a bad guy in that. I know. Is that how he became buddies with uh, Schwarzenegger? I think probably. There's an infamous picture out there. It's it's hilarious of. Andre the Giant and Wilt Chamberlain holding up. Yeah, that's that's the that's the movie. Um, it's because Wilt Chamber's like that one girl's like protector, and yeah, he's like the big bad thing that they fight it like in like the mirrors or something like that at the very end. I haven't seen the movie in so freaking long. Forever since I've seen it too. Uh, the last character I have is Wallace Shawn plays Vizzini. He is from Clueless. He's the dealer in Vegas Vacation. And he is probably, you know his voice more than anything. He's done a ton of voiceover, but the one you probably know the most is he's Rex in the Toy Story movies. The last I have is a couple cameos because they're real small. Billy Crystal and Carol Kane play Miracle Max and his wife. Um, Billy Crystal's been in a million things, and Carol Kane's been in a bunch of uh, She Scrooge, was yeah. in Scrooge, which we did earlier this year, yeah. That's probably the one I know the most from. Her voice is very recognizable, too. Uh, that's about all the... Oh, and I, I had Prince Humperdinck. I forgot to write down his name and because I, I tried looking him up, and I don't recognize him from Chris my... Sarandon? Is that his name? He he kind of steals the show in this. He's, isn't he really he's good? good? He, was, he was in this like movie about like vampires or something I saw. I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but... but 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 I'll Dennis Miller, but Dennis Miller was also in it, and that's why I thought it was a really crazy movie. <laughs> I watched it one time; it was like super corny. That's a really random uh, cast of characters there. I wonder if he again. I'll look him up while while you're doing this, but I wonder if he was like a stage actor because that's kind of who he seems like, right? Yeah, probably. He's yeah, very he was, good. He's excellent. He played a very very good like snobby prince, pretty much what you're looking for. Um, but like with Bill, like just yeah. a couple of things about the characters, a few facts. I just grabbed a couple of them through while we were talking about them. Um, sure. With Billy Crystal, they filmed the role for Miracle Max over three days for about 10 hours a day. And he never made the same joke twice. He would like Rob Reiner would laugh so much at Crystal's lines, he would have to leave the room during filming. The only injury that um, Mandy Patinkin 
suffered on set was bruising the muscle on the side of his ribs from trying so hard not to laugh during Crystal's filming days. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Count Rugen during the fight during the fight rehearsal for Inigo's big showdown, he actually stabbed Christopher Guest in the thigh. In the thigh, this the while Sean, Danny DeVito was originally pegged to play Vicini. Was his first choice. Yeah, I, that. Um, About the same I know, that he, and he was like, I guess, really stressed and freaked out about it because he was like, Danny DeVito, you know, like, oh my gosh, like they're gonna fire me because he couldn't do a Sicilian voice. <laughs> but he's got that annoying voice. It's like it ended up being perfect, even though it's nothing. Oh, it's so good. For Buttercup, they auditioned over 500 women for the role, including Courtney Cox, Meg Ryan, Uma Thurman, and Whoopi Goldberg, which surprised me. Whoopi Goldberg would have been the worst Buttercup no of all time. That would have been terrible. Even like Courtney Cox and Meg Ryan really don't. They picked the perfect person. Beautiful. Yeah. Like that's what she was. Courtney Cox was um, much better in he- in uh, Masters of the Universe. I would not have like seen those two flipped. Let's see here. Do I get anything else? Well, while you're doing, while you're thinking, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was 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 considered for Fezzik, but he was he was uh, cost too much at that time. Because he was too famous. Yeah, yeah by that he'd point, already he done been, Terminator. Because that think, was after and... after the first Terminator. Yeah, probably already Predator yeah. too. Actually, definitely Predator. Also, was the movie Fright Night? Is that the one you're talking about? What? That Christopher uh, Chris Sarandon was in. What movie? Fright no. Night. It was something Blood. He did. Okay, well, he did Fright Night and Dog Day Afternoon, and he also was in the first Child's Play movie. I mean, his IMDb page is very full. A lot of TV shows, all that stuff. Let me look for the word blood. Blood. That's probably something blood. Blood. But uh, with Wesley, his uh, first injury came after he broke his toe from accepting an invitation to take Andre the Giant's ATV for a spin. He attempted to finish the day shooting before seeking treatment, but you can visually see him taking steps not to put pressure on um, the foot in the scene following when he rescues uh Buttercup from Vicini, apparently. And then the second injury occurred when he taunts Count Rugen, and he's at was actually knocked unconscious because they wasn't looking real. So when he hits him in the head, that's the scene that they use. He was actually knocked unconscious. They had to take him to the hospital. Nice. Christopher nice. Guest knocked him on t- uh, knocked him knocked him unconscious. So I found the movie you're talking about. It's called Bordello of Blood. It's a Tales of the Crypt. Ah, that's what it was. It's got some heavy hitter names from the 90s, including Dennis Miller, Erica Alanik, and Angie Everhart, as well as Corey Feldman. All right. I I remember saying just being like, that is so random. Also, (laughs) Carrie Elways, whatever his name is. I think Elways. I I messed that up earlier. He's also in the new season of Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, really? He's like the. I just never got into. He's that like show. the um, mayor of the town or something like that. But that's all I got when it comes to that stuff. You want a brief movie right. synopsis here? Yeah, give what you can. There's a lot. It's a it's on. a lot. I kind of put a little bullets here for us just to try to get through it real fast. So essentially, we start the movie. We have the grandfather. We have the grandson. He, his grandson's sick. He brings him the book, The Princess Bride. He's going to read it to him. We start the story. 
Buttercup and Wesley are in love. Wesley leaves to make money so that they can get married, but is captured by the Dread Pirate Roberts, who takes no prisoners, so we assume he's dead. Prince Humperdinck decides to marry Buttercup, because why not? She's a ten and really, really pretty. I guess that's the only reason why, because she's like a farm girl. I don't really know how he picks her. But, but Buttercup is kidnapped by three men, a genius Sicilian, Vicini, a Spanish swordsman, Inigo, and a giant, Fezzik, that are hired by Humperdinck to start a war with Gilder, the neighboring, or across the ocean, or whatever, the water, the pond, whatever you want to call it, to start a, to start a war with them. Um, the man in black is following the three men in Buttercup, he catches up to them. The man in black duels and defeats Inigo, but leaves him alive because he seemed like a decent fellow. He chokes out Fezzik and leaves him alive because he's just a sweetheart. Then he tricks Vicini into drinking poison, killing him because Vicini was an asshole. Uh, Buttercup thinks the man in black is the man in black. I call him men in black. <laughs> man in black is the dread pirate Roberts, but finds out it's Wesley. Humberdick chases them into the fire swamp. They survive this fire swamp. But when they get out, they're caught by Humperdinck. Wesley is tortured. Buttercup is supposed to marry Humperdinck. Fezzik and Inigo return, find Wesley and save him. They stop the wedding from happening. And Wesley gets the girl. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Too much going on there. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there, but I think you got a good piece of it. So, All right. Let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor before we get on to the next part. 